This episode of Goodbye Mellowbrook Road is brought to you, as always, by Bodybuilding.com. Bodybuilding.com has everything you could ever want for fitness. All you have to do, you can even click the link in the episode description. You don't even have to pull out the old Safari or um, Google Chrome, Firefox. You can just go tap, tap, tap. You don't have to do that. Nope, nope, nope. You just have to go into the episode description and find Bodybuilding.com. It is... As I've said before, the one-stop shop for all your fitness needs. And just go, you can check out all, everything that has to do with me. Because if you check out me, then you can check out exercise. Because all I do all day, I exercise, I work out. I'm like, hoo, hoo, hoo. I'm running up the stairs. I'm running down the stairs. I'm running marathons every now and then, you know, when I feel like it. Got those stretchy bands that you do you use in rehab and you hope they don't snap in the face. Um dumbbells probably are on bodybuilding.com yeah it's all good stuff uh we had that we have this sponsoring us we had american apparel in the first season and the third season might be a new sponsor who knows bodybuilding.com they might not be forever and you know that's okay not everything has to be forever and if everything was forever then we wouldn't we would have gotten a lot better reviews for that that old amazon show with fred armisen and uh, maya rudolph (laughs) Am I right? Or am I right? This guy knows what I'm talking about over here. Yep. So bodybuilding.com, yeah, you're going to want to check that bad Larry out. And you're also going to want to check out threeingrenerds.com. Because they give me the platform for this podcast. And I couldn't do the podcast without that platform. Because I don't know how to put shit in iTunes. They do it for me. And that's great. So I will also tell you about the other things that they do. There's probably going to be a glass podcast on the main podcast coming up soon, if I would assume. That's like the big January movie. Oh, God, it's January, isn't it? Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, New York Nerds in Love might have an interview or two, which I will not spoil. Um, there's a movie commentary for Revenge of the Nerds coming up. Netflix and Review, I did an episode of that. We'll see if that ever happens. And, yeah, a lot of good stuff on there. So thank you for supporting me. Um, we're not, we're transitioning into the new year here. We're coming into the tail end of season two of Goodbye Millerbrook Road, but we have a lot of good stuff still to come. We have Jess, we have Jen, Naomi, Jack, Kelsey, Ryan, Dustin, a lot of good episodes still to come. So don't worry about that, but we're ending it. We're going to not, we're going to, we're going to transition into that ending phase now with this episode, which is, you know, I did it last year. Um, I did it last year. It was the best of 2017 episode that I did last year. And it came out pretty good. I liked it. It's kind of, it's a shorter thing. It's talking about books, podcasts, movies, TV shows, and albums. And it's just a good way to like recap the best because it's a top five show. So we got to do the top five of the year, right? Like a year in route thing. So I'm more than happy to do it now. Um, it is going to be a shorter episode. It's just sort of the transition into the back end of season two. We are doing it shorter. Um, but yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good stuff. Um, so, Best of 2018 is coming up now. And I guess I can just go right into it, because it's going to be a solo one. But yeah, it's just a good way to transition. So I guess I'll start with my favorite... Oh, and you can... I wrote full write-ups for all of these things on... Saoirse Ronan deserves an Oscar. It's like a little thing that it's just a good place to write my thoughts on. So I can link to that in the episode description, too. So that's no problem. Um, so top five books that I read in 2018, well, this is going to be a no order because I have a hard time ranking books, so I'll give a shout out to The Modern Prometheus, 
It was a book written by my sister, her second book. I still have yet to read her third book, but yeah, the, it was um, The Modern Prometheus. Definitely check out that book. I'm obviously biased, but that's okay, because because I'm not getting paid for this. Um, also going to give a shout-out to the David Bowie biography, A Life, by Dylan Jones. Um, it's kind of like an oral history of David Bowie, so it was a really interesting way of telling a story, because a lot of those music books can get pretty similar, but this one really shook up the structure, and I liked it. I appreciated it for that. Also going to give a shout-out, Mark Twain, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. It's a classic, yeah. Um, any controversy aside, I'm not really enough of a literary critic to comment on that, but I thought it was... I just really enjoyed getting to know that modern American classic, you know? If it's not even really modern, but whatever. Um, also going to shout-out the great Cymbeline. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, because I've never heard somebody say it out loud. Cymbeline, William Shakespeare. Uh, definitely, it skyrocketed right up to the list. My favorite Shakespeare plays. Loved Cymbeline. It's got everything you want in Shakespeare, really. And um, last one, Hunger Games. Suzanne Collins. Uh, the whole series was really great. Shout out to Naomi for turning me on to that. Um, yeah, the Hunger Games. It wasn't like Harry Potter level for me, but, you know, I still appreciated what I read of it. So now that we're actually, now we can actually start ranking this stuff. We're going to go right into the albums now. I'm so bad with music. I'm still trying to catch up on old music, so all my new music is really shitty. Um, I'm, ra- I'm bad at new music, so I'm going to go number five, Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet. She really is good at towing different genres, I felt, like hip-hop, soul, R&B. It's, just all, it's all there on, on the album, and I just really, you know, uh, Django Chain was one of my best songs, was one of the best songs on that album, too, so I'm going to give that one a shout-out. Um, a Star is Born, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper. Very good album. Um, really, you know, it's, I struggle putting movie soundtracks on these lists sometimes, but I really didn't hear a lot of new music this year, which is my own fault. There's so much good stuff out there and I'm just not getting to it, but the A Star is Born soundtrack was really great. Um, Maybe It's Time was one of my favorite songs. Uh, Shallow obviously deserves a shout out. Number three, Man of the Woods by Justin Timberlake. Uh, This is just the crown example of how I have not heard much new music this year because nobody really liked this album, but I thought it was really good. I dug it. Um, Montana, Breeze Off the Pond, Midnight Summer Jam. I thought it was a cool transition for him. Um, yeah, I thought it was, it was just really interesting. Um, his growth, yeah. Um, I'm probably, you know, don't take my word on music as gospel because I like what I like, but whatever. Number two, this could easily have been number one as well because it was so great. Um, the Black Panther album, uh, created by Kendrick Lamar. So many great songs. Ops, I Am, King's Dead. It's just the ways that was good too um that was it's just a, a lot of good songs on the black panther album and but all the stars is probably one of my favorite new songs of all time uh it's just it was kendrick lamar and SZA did all the stars and it just it's really like an experience i just love that song the whole album was great too but my number one i have to give the edge to my boy jason mraz his new album, No. He says it's going to be his last album, but I hope not. Um, he finally did a studio recording of Sleeping to Dream. He has a duet with Megan Trainor called More Than Friends, but Love is Still the Answer and Unlonely and Let's See What the Night Can Do are such great love songs, and it really felt like a return to form for Jason Mraz, and I just loved it. As for honorable mentions for the books, I want to shout out the Haunted Mansion Imagineering book, and I want to shout out... Give I want to, I want to give a shout out to On Mysticism by... Um, Jorge Luis Borges, I read for a class, it was very good. As for albums, I'm going to shout out In the Blue Light by Paul Simon and A Legendary Christmas by John Legend. Love a Christmas album. 
as for podcasts, you know, I'm not gonna, obviously you can't sing the praises of this podcast, although I think you should listen to it, but you know, a lot of good podcasts this year, you know, a lot of the great ones are still good, Bill Simmons, Marin, Comedy Bang Bang, they're all, Radio Lab, they're all still very good, um, re- Rewatchables is always great, uh, the podcast obviously is one of the best, that's a, definitely an honorable mention for the podcast, but number five, I did The Big Picture, Sean Fantasy's movie podcast on The Ringer, they talk about the Oscars, they rank movies, they have interviews with filmmakers like John Krasinski and David Lowry, and it was just, they do movie reviews too, it's just awesome, it's everything you can want in a movie podcast. Uh, number four, I put Binge Mode Harry Potter, um, it's been like reading the books for the first time all over again, hearing them, uh, these, all these like deep essays about Harry Potter, it's been, it's since July, since June I think actually. So it's been really awesome to hear them go back through Harry Potter. That's Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion of The Ringer. Number three, A Very Fatal Murder. I will not say anything about this podcast because the less you know going into it, the better. It is better than serial. It is one of the greatest true crime stories of all time. A Very Fatal Murder. Just go, just listen to it. Don't even, just go listen. Number two, The Watch. I put The Watch higher this year because it was, it's, it's been the same as it's always been, but this was my podcast that I listened to as a tradition for whenever I was in the, in an airport. While I would be at my gate waiting for my flight, I would listen to The Watch. And it became a tradition. And it just became really great to hear them every time. And it really felt like I was at the table. And it just became this like really cool thing to do every time I was at an airport and mark all these like transitional moments of my life. And it feels stupid to say, but I really had an attachment to it. And I had an attachment to the number one as well. Are you talking R.E.M. Me? It is the new Earwolf podcast, which took over You Talking You Two to Me. It's Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott, as they call themselves, Adam Scott Ackerman. They barely talk about R.E.M. Well, they do, but you know what I mean. And it's just a lot of comedy, a lot of fun. And I listen to it at work at Disney World a lot and just just awesome. The defining pod. When I think of 2018 in podcasts, I will think of Are You Talking R.E.M. Me? Uh, heading into television shows now. The number, the top five that I got, I put number five, Barry. New show on HBO, Bill Hader, Henry Winkler. Um, it just, it's really tonally just, like, it really just, there's comedy, but there's also devastating tragedy, and, uh, it was just, it was really compelling, probably one of my favorite new shows of the year. Probably, I, I think it's the, I think it's my favorite new show of the year, definitely, Barry. Number four, I put Atlanta. Talk about tonal towing the line. Atlanta, every episode, you don't know what you're getting to get. It's just one episode. Cat Williams ends up being like a good actor all of a sudden. Zazie Beats is always great. Um, The Teddy Perkins episode is creepy, but the haircut episode is hilarious. And the whole thing was just... Atlanta was awesome this year. And Donald Glover, everyone in that cast is so talented. But Donald Glover, man, he's something else. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia comes in at number three for me. It's in its 13th, th- 13th season, and not many shows, if any, have ever stayed this good deep into its run. Um, but, you know, Mindy Kaling appears. The Eagles winning the Super Bowl episode, despite being a Patriots fan, was very good. Um, Dennis's car episode was probably the funniest. Um, but the best one, Mac finds his pride, the finale. It's just so moving and it really cements Sonny as one of the great cultural statements of the past century it is it it's just it's I don't even want to say anything about it just go watch it it's unbelievable 
blew me away. Number two, The Americans, my favorite drama of the year. It also ended this year, and the series finale was so worth it. It was so much payoff, so much emotional weight to it after all these years. And Matthew Reese got his Emmy. Uh, Carrie Russell probably should have. Um, but yeah, The Americans just one of the all-time great series finales. It really stuck the landing. The whole season was a great a lot of payoff. And number one, The Good Place. I knew as soon as season two ended back in early 2018, I knew The Good Place was going to be number one because of how emotional that scene with Ted Danson at the bar was. It was just... And the character development they do for a demon is unbelievably good. I'm so jealous of it. I'm in awe of it. The Good Place is the best. Never thought a network TV show would still be this high, but here we are. The Good Place it was just... I've never... I just, I'm just so... Mike Schur, really, he just he really makes the best shows. Philosophy... Uh, just the silliest kind of comedy it's all here and it's all so great um some honorable mentions you know i want to shout out new girl and love they both ended this year um i want to shout out ducktales which brought darkwing duck don carnage and three caballeros to the fold uh succession another great new show uh versace better call Saul, bojack a lot of good honorable mentions there and lastly here we are at movies now my number five, okay, so this is a big, this was a big Disney kind of year for me, so my number, my top five is going to be, it's 60% Disney, so just brace yourself for that going forward. My number five, Mary Poppins Returns. It follows the same structure as the first Mary Poppins. It, and I guess many people would call that a knock on it, but the way that they do it and what they play with is just, uh, that movie could have gone on for eight, nine, ten hours, and I would have been fine with it. I just loved living in that world. Those songs are great. The dance is awesome. Emily Blunt is just the best. Lin-Manuel is the best. Everything's the best. Dick Van Dyke. Oh, it's all great. Mary Poppins. It's just, what's so good? So fucking good. Mary Poppins. Number four, Won't You Be My Neighbor? I've never had a documentary up on my list this high before, but the documentary about Mr. Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was so emotional and moving and powerful and just, ugh, I got so choked up. Probably the best documentary I've ever seen. So it's at number four on this list. Number three, I said there'd be Disney, and here's Christopher Robin. Um, it's not really a live-action remake. It kind of is. It's a live-action telling of Winnie the Pooh, but it's like a sequel, and Ewan McGregor is, a, is an older Christopher Robin, but just, that's another super emotional, nostalgic kind of story, uh, and I just loved it. Um, number two, Avengers Infinity War. And I don't care what you say. I know it's a blockbuster, a superhero movie, crossover event. I fucking loved it. it. The things that it had to do to even be watchable were seemingly insurmountable. And it was one of the best movies of the year. Um, it's just, it was fantastic. It's a good amount of fan service, but also a good amount of like telling us like a real story. Um, and they did it by kind of doing, like, vignettes. Like, when the the Russo brothers said they wanted to do it, like, two days in the valley. And they actually ended up being right, because they tell a lot of vignettes. And just the way it crosses over is awesome. The dialogue is sharp. The ending is fucking nuts. Ugh. Yeah, it's everything you could have wanted in Infinity War. So definitely shout out to that. But number one, quieter movie, The Old Man and the Gun. Robert Redford's last movie. Robert Redford is one of the all-time great actors. I love him. And this is his swan song, and it was a perfect movie to go out on. He is so good in it, and it is definitely my favorite movie of the year. It's just contemplative, and it's nostalgic, and it's powerful, and you can feel the weight of history on it. But it's also, like, smooth and breezy and light, and it's just a really delightful movie, and it's what I was looking for in 2018. And some honorable mentions for the year. 
I want to shout out Roma, um, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Game Night, A Star is Born, Bad Times at the El Royale, First Man, um, A Quiet Place, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Ocean's 8, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and Black Panther, of course. So yeah, 2018, a great year for culture. And also I want to give a shout out quickly to Mary Queen of Scots, Beautiful Boy, Holmes and Watson, and um, shit, what's that last one? Uh, I want to give a shout out to those three. I want to give a shout out to Searching, um, The Oath, and Searching, The Oath, and of course, I want to give a shout out to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I haven't had a chance to see those movies yet, but, oh, actually, yeah, so there's definitely going to keep those movies in mind, um, honorable mentions to those, because I haven't seen them yet. So they didn't get a fair shake, but they will probably not be in my top five because my top five is pretty solid. So yeah, 2018, good year. Thanks to everyone who contributed. Oh, and by the way, in 2018, um, the Red Sox won the World Series. We'll see you next week.